Thank you, Jude. We're in the book of Galatians tonight. The very end of this book, we're going to look at verses 14 through 18, really with an emphasis on verse 17, as we really do a study of what it means to have scars, to have marks. So I encourage you when you find that Galatians six fourteen through 18 to stand in our God's honor. As I read, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is a new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, even to the Israel of God. Finally, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the marks. The marks of identification, Lord. That remind us that we have hope. And that remind us we have one to follow. I pray tonight as we take time to look at your word and to consider these marks, Father. May we be drawn to you in whose precious name we pray. Amen. The book of Galatians is a book where a frustrated apostle, Paul, He was was dealing with some people who wanted to push. Salvation means Jesus Christ plus fulfillment of the Jewish law equals salvation. And this meant a lot of things. But Paul was coming back to these people and he's saying, no, it's Jesus Christ alone. It is his sacrifice alone that brings salvation, not anything else added to Christ. You see, grace is God giving us what we need, not what we deserve. I mean, obviously, what we deserve, we don't want to have. But praise be to God that he gives us instead what we need, which is forgiveness, which is a new hope. And um, as he talks about marks here, and he talks about circumcision, which was that physical mark on the body that presented a changed life of following into a a new covenant into a nation of Israel and to be a Jew. But Paul is talking about a different kind of mark that comes in following God. It's interesting as you, as you start out the book of Galatians, uh, chapter 1 in Galatians, he begins in this letter, verse 3, he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And he closes the book with that grace Verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. And so as he shares, as he makes this appeal, verse 17, he talks about, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. That word, um, actually in the Greek, is a word that we use called stigma. And in its plural, 
is the word stigmata. And stigmata means that there is, of course, more than one mark. And it's interesting, it talks about here, the stigma is the mark of disgrace. And so the stigmata are marks of disgrace. You know, as I thought about this, this book, he's talking here about grace. But he's saying that what he bears is marks, not of grace, but of disgrace. And and that D-I-S, that that prefix, it, it talks about being away from, or it talks about the reverse of it. It talks about, you know, it's the opposite of, and so it's the opposite of, of, of grace. It's, it's being away from grace. And as I thought about the marks of the cross on the Lord Jesus Christ, the very fact of the matter is, He being full of grace became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. This is a great verse. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see those marks of disgrace. The marks of the cross are what opened up the way for us. His marks of disgrace for us to have marks of grace. That's that's the gospel. That's that's the word that that is that is shared. Um, Paul, as he talks about his scars, talks about identification with Christ. Scars tell a story. There are two different kind of scars. There's physical scars. There's emotional scars. Um, those who have been through painful situations, there's a mark that's left. There's a scar. If you have heart surgery and you know, or any kind of surgery, once the wound heals, there's a reminder as you look at the scar that's left once the body heals. And all of us, uh, as we go through life, there's times of getting hurt and you have scars. I, I was trying to think back, personally for me, I was, oh man, I've maybe five or six. and In those days, uh, it, it, it wasn't like it is now where you're afraid to let your kids go everywhere. I was all over the place. I mean, all over the county. And I was... I don't know, probably at least a mile from home, not that far. But I was barefoot. I think I thought I was Tarzan or something when I was young. You know, I was always running around barefoot and, you know, no shirt and just shorts and, you know, running around. And I jumped off of something, and when I landed, my foot landed on, it was a broken Coke bottle, but it was just the bottom of the Coke bottle, and it went in my heel. And so blood is going everywhere, and like I said, I was a little guy. So I'm hopping, and I'm screaming. I had to be quite a sight to go to somebody to get that out. So, you know, by my heel, there's a reminder. I had stepped on that. And then years later, I still don't know what I did as a teenager, but something, my car door, the car that I had, it was kind of came to a point, and it dug into my arm, and I have a scar on my arm that was left from that. And then when Matthew was born, you know when you count your, your fingers and your toes and and you're supposed to come up with 10 of each. Well, we start counting Matthew's fingers, and he had 11. So uh, the result of that, he ended up going to Shriners one day, get one of those digits uh, removed. And it was one of those days where it was cold outside, and, and it was in the driveway. I was getting ready to go. You know how you're always in a hurry, because it seems like life, you're behind all the time. And, and so I was headed to the car, and we had, in those days where we lived, we had one of those outside air conditioners, that, uh, units that you put in the window, and it had a brace. 
And when I, uh, uh, what happened when I uh, was walking to the car, I slipped. And as I fell, I went under that brace. And when I came up, I sliced my head. And you know how your head bleeds. So here we are trying to take Matthew to, you know, to have this. And it was like an hour away. And I've got a towel on my head. So, you know, I end up going to get it stitched up all day while Cindy's trying to deal with that. But anyway, you know, these scars, they they remind us of an event, of something that happened. And the Apostle Paul had scars. And the scars that he's talking about here are scars that talk about his faith in Christ and of him being a missionary and taking that message. In Acts 14, it talks about him being in a place called Lystra. It was a city, he was dragged outside and he was stoned because he was preaching Christ. And uh, that commotion, uh, he had scars from that. As he was left for, they stopped because they thought they'd killed him, left him there for dead. Those scars were a reminder of his faithfulness. In Acts 16, it talks about a Roman soldier who beat he and his friend Silas as they were in prison in Philippi. And um, he had scars from that beating, the he had a stigmata of Christ, those scars that were present. Now, there's not only physical scars, though, guys. There's emotional scars. The thing with emotional scars, you don't see them, yeah, but they're there. They're often on people's hearts, and they're very real, and they're very painful, although you can't really see them with the eye. Um, it causes a lot of trouble. One clinical psychologist, Maxwell Maltz, uh, said, Every hurtful word said by someone you look up to, every humiliating episode, every mistake you wish you could just forget, tends to stay in your mind. If those past experiences are constantly dwelled upon, constantly relived in vivid detail to the point where you actually start feeling the same emotions as before, then you may experience serious emotional scars. You know, skin your knee, you get a scab. But when you skin your heart, it's not quite so obvious. But the way for healing requires forgiveness. Because what happens when you don't forgive, you don't heal. You know, I remember hearing on the radio one day as I was headed home, and it, and it was saying, you know, holding on to hurt is like drinking poison and expecting it to kill somebody else. And, and you know, that's what happens when we're emotionally hurt and uh, don't let the healing Scars may be a sign of sacrifice uh, as well. As, as you look at Paul and, and you look in the scriptures and the scars that he had as a result of his faithfulness to Christ, one scholar had, had written these down. He said, look closely at Paul, the scarred body, that stooped figure of a man chastened by hunger, uh, kept down by fasting, plowed with a lash, brutally stoned, uh, skin Pickled for 36 hours in the sea. Count in the 199 stripes, three shipwrecks, three beatings with rods, a stoning, a prison record, deaths so many that count is lost. And Yet, if one could add it up, all must be written off as nothing because Paul himself said, Our light affliction is but for a moment working in us an exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So, what are the meanings of the marks of the stigmata? That was on Paul. Well, uh, 
One is a slave. As a slave is often branded so that he would be considered property with his master with a hot iron. There would be a brand that identified him with that master. And you think about that with cattle. Often as we hear about on ranches where, where you know cattle are marked. And, uh, maybe you heard the story of the northerners who bought a ranch down in Texas. They didn't really know anything about branding. They thought, well, what kind of brand are we going to choose? And the family couldn't really agree. They had some ideas. He, the dad said, I, I want the Bar J. Let's make it the Bar J Ranch. And that way we can have the Bar J mark. And his wife said, I, I want to call it the Susie Q. Okay, Susie Q. Son said, how about Flying W? I think that's cool. Let's have that as our name. And our, you know. And, he, and daughter said, well, I want to name it the Lazy Y. And they said, okay. But since we can't agree, let's just have one long brand. And so they ended up naming the ranch, and the brand they had was the Bar J, Susie Q, Flying W, Lazy Y Ranch. And the neighbor said, wow, what a brand. I said, but where's your cattle? He said, well, none of them survived the branding. But there is a type of branding that comes as we follow Christ. It's interesting. One of the popular trends um, in recent years in churches in uh, North America, especially, has been what they call the cowboy church. I've never even been to a cowboy church, but, but there's a lot of uh, what we think of as far as the you know cowboy stuff and uh, enjoyment of that, and you know where they wear the boots and the jeans and then worship Christ in that way and. One of the popular names of these churches is called the Cross Band Cowboy Church. And the idea is that we're branded with Jesus Christ. We belong to Him. We follow Him. Paul's literal scars marked him as being owned by Jesus. He had a visible brand that said he was Christ, of Christ. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. That when others see us, they realize that we have a master, that we belong to him. The word Christian means belonging to Christ. Little Christ. And that's the heart, that's the goal. First Corinthians six, nineteen to twenty. You're not your own, you were bought at a price. Therefore honor God with your body. The stigmata is a mark of ownership. And then in that day, there was also the mark of loyalty to a soldier. In ancient times, many soldiers would get a tattoo upon their hand as a sign of belonging to a specific army. It was said in Alexander the Great, you know, who was out to conquer the world. He was a famous general. And it said that Alexander's man had the uh, alpha mark in the Greek language that for A. It was stamped upon their hand as a sign of being committed to their general Alexander and committed to fight. And so they were the original A-team, I guess. And then in 2 Timothy 2, 3, there's a verse with this, Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus to suffer persecution. There are stories in the legend of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table that there were certain Knights of the Round Table who were the bravest warriors, and they stood by their king to protect him, and they were the ones uh, who also had the most scars as a result of that job of protecting their king. And other warriors who didn't have the scars were humbled and did not feel as significant because they didn't have the scars, too scared to get the scars, but to stand.
God calls us to follow Him uh, with those marks of just being faithful. Amy Carmichael, who was a Christian missionary from Ireland uh, to India, she wrote a poem. Here's what she said. No wound, no scar, yet as the master shall the servant be, and pierced are the feet that follow me. But thine are whole. Can he have followed far who has no wound or scar? Then she responded, Captain, beloved, Battle wounds were thine, let me not wonder if some hurt be mine. Rather, O Lord, let my deep wonder be that I may share a battle wound with thee. (laughs) As a matter of of suffering to identify. And, you know, Paul talked about that in Philippians 3.10, about wanting to identify with Christ through suffering and through punishment, uh, Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain from the resurrection from the dead. There's a connection that comes through pain, the stigmata, the marks of the cross of a life of sacrifice uh, to follow Christ that makes a difference speaks the truth of a disgrace that has brought us grace. And to live a love that's not that's not always about it having to come to us, but flowing out of us and through us. God is the one who He heals our scars by His scars. You know, a scar, well it's actually a good thing because it's a sign that the wound healed. If the wound didn't heal, you have big problems. And whereas scars are unattractive, people want to get rid of scars, uh, means that there was healing that did occur or <laughs> wouldn't have the scars. Jeremiah 30, verse 17 says, I'll restore you to health, heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast, Zion for whom no one cares. He's a God that heals us. Matter of fact, uh, it tells us in Isaiah 53, by his wounds were healed. King James, it says, by his stripes you're healed. Powerful promise that he was bruised for our iniquities, crushed. Punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes, by his wounds, were healed. That was written 700 times before he actually came in that period and walked among us. And then in 1 Peter 2.24, 40 years after the crucifixion, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. By his wounds, you've been healed, as Peter writes. That he has healed us by his wounds, the wounds of Christ. Question, uh, what are the only man-made things in heaven? The scars on the hands, feet, and side of Jesus Christ are the only man-made things that are in heaven. Um, Remember in the scripture in John 20, as as we find that Jesus appeared to the the disciples, and everybody was there but Thomas. And Thomas just, he was having trouble believing. And, And 
he was really struggling. And he said, uh, you know, I'm not going to believe unless I see the scars. This is uh, John 20, verse 25. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks, the stigmata, in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. We know what happened. You know, Thomas gets the rap of he was the guy that doubted. He was the guy that was weak. He was the guy who didn't have it together. But I'd rather not remember Thomas that way. Let's look at the text. And A week later, his disciples were in the house again. Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, I love it. He's in the room with all of them, but he looks at Thomas. Can you imagine how Thomas must have felt? But he he specifically pointed out Thomas. Now, he could have, uh, he could have been harsh, could have rebuked him. That's not what I see here with our Lord. He said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand. Put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. All Jesus did was say, okay, Thomas, I'll do what you asked. Here I am. <laughs> and here's how I want to remember Thomas. Verse 28. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Man, we are all weak. It's easy to talk about the doubting Thomas, but I'd rather focus on the believing Thomas. It's easy to focus on the doubting Todd, or I call each of you by name because we have those doubts. But what matters is that being able to step aside and, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, and to say, my Lord and my God. And being reminded of the scars, being reminded of the what Christ did, that it was his marks of disgrace that has given to me full grace. That's what matters. And I close with this story. Um, some years back, there was a story in the newspaper about a little boy who, in Florida, um, he'd gotten too close to a bank, uh, and there was an alligator in the water. And he screamed. His mother ran over to grab him, and an alligator had gotten a hold of his leg. His mother had a hold of him, and there was this tug of war for the boy with the mom and this alligator. She screamed for help. Fortunately, there was a guy passing by who had a rifle. He shot the alligator, and, and then the, the alligator let loose of the boy, and his legs were terribly wounded. And uh, somebody came by from the paper, a reporter interviewed him, asked to see the scars on his legs, and the boy showed him. And then the boy said, I don't only have scars on my legs. I also have scars on my arms. 
Would you like to see them? He said, these are the scars from my mom's fingernails when she refused to let go of me. And that's what Calvary was about. He grabbed a hold of us, see. By taking marks of disgrace, we received marks of grace. He took hold of us by letting go. By receiving the punishment we deserved so that we might receive the reward we don't deserve. The mark of grace that is the mark of hope. Uh, It's a song by 10th Avenue North called By Your Side. Listen to these words, lyrics. Look at these hands at my side. They swallowed the grave on that night. I love it. When I drank the world's sin so I could carry you in and give you life. And the chorus says, And I'll be with you at your side wherever you fall, in the dead of night whenever you call. And please don't fight these hands that are holding you. My hands are holding you. We all have scars. But praise be to God. So does Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We get bogged down with our own scars at times, Lord. And we just forget, Father, that what matters are your scars. Because the scars that you have mean that we have hope. And the scars that we have just means that we haven't fully walked into the hope that awaits us. We have a taste of it, and it's fully ours. But we're just not there yet. We're headed there. Help us to live, Father, with a recognition that we're moving that direction. In one sense, we're getting younger as we move toward eternity, although we're getting older, because we're closer. Thank you, Father, that it's safe, because the scars remind us that we're held tight by you. Lord, you know all about it. Father, as Paul closed this letter to the believers at Galatia, he wanted to just remind them that the marks he bears, the, all the suffering and all the tough times, it's there because of a Savior who bore scars. It's a hope that we all share, and he wanted to share that with them. And that's why he closed by talking about the grace. The grace. And Father, I pray for us. We forget about that grace ourselves. Remind us, Lord, we are so blessed. God, just remind us of that grace. It's because of our sin that the scars are there in heaven that we'll see the scars and we'll sing about what those scars mean because it's those scars that healed us, Lord. That work, that finished work. So work in us, Lord, however you want us to respond right where we are. May we respond whether to the altar or to the front or where we are. May we simply worship you in this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.